Hey everybody, welcome back. We are the Reject Sorority. I'm Letty. I'm Myra. And I'm Des. And uh, today we are going to talk a lot more with or actually listen to Desiree and her story today. That sounds boring. <laughs> that is not boring. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but we've kind of been diving into some heavy topics lately, um, individually. Myra had an episode to herself. I had an episode to myself a couple weeks ago. Now it's Desiree's turn. And if none of you have noticed, also, we decided to, the whole reason why we're doing these topics or these segments on us individually is because these are things that we have trouble talking about. So we wanted to be open, honest, and transparent and kind of give you guys a feel for where we're coming from and why exactly we're doing this podcast to begin with so and i think it gives everybody a better understanding of our opinions yeah because they know where we're coming from or what we went through or for the fact that we're actually talking about stuff due to experience not just talking out the side of our necks yeah exactly that part relatable yeah yeah kind of (laughs) (laughs) desiree you want to all right. Um, so I've been kind of struggling with this for the last couple of days, trying to decide like where to start it at. So um, I'll give you guys the gist of it and then I'll break it down. So basically there was a large period of my life between the ages of, I would say, 12 until 18 where I... Um, experienced times of homelessness and it wasn't like always just the simple couch surfing or um like staying with friends or family it was like sleeping in cars and brushing your teeth in public bathrooms um so when i was 12 my mom was incarcerated um that was the first time she was incarcerated uh i started off with staying with family her and my stepdad were actually incarcerated at the same time so it kind of put my brother in a position to where he had to take care of me he's five years older than me I started off with living with my mom's parents um, in a trailer park which is already a experience of its own Um, my for those of you that don't know I'm biracial Um, my mom is white my dad is black And my mom's parents weren't the biggest fan of her decision to marry black. So that was a different experience dealing with you're already coming from a place where you're in a home to now you're in a trailer with two older people who aren't too fond of you. And I had asthma. My grandmother was a chain smoker. So it was like constantly dealing with like asthma attacks and smelling like cigarette smoke and like spending as much time as possible outside. So I didn't have to deal with issues breathing. Um... After I graduated the eighth grade, I was able to spend the summer with my brother. At that point, he had spoke to my biological father who was living in Arizona, and I spent three weeks with him just because my brother was 19. That's a lot for a 19-year-old to take on to take care of a, pre- a preteen girl. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the easiest person to take care of I was very I don't want to say demanding but I was a teenage girl you know what I mean I need I wanted my own space and my brother was very strict my brother is probably like the strictest parent I've ever had 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was like schoolwork only. I got in trouble for curfew once. So after that happened and it was like, I couldn't see my friends anymore. Um, I almost got juvie time because of the um, curfew thing. And so that was like made things really difficult at that point to ever see, really see my friends or even really have a life at that point. It was always like chores, homework, read a book. There was no cable. Like I didn't get luxuries because you're living with a 19 year old. The only thing he's worried about is making sure there's a roof over your head. So my parents got released when I was a freshman in high school. And at that point, everything seemed to be on the up and up again. We had a house, like life was getting back to normal. And then it happened again. Um, They were both incarcerated. At that point, my oldest brother, the one that was taking care of me, he was incarcerated at the same time. Um, It's okay. So, I can honestly say that that's like a testament to where my abandonment issues came from because the people that were always there to take care of me weren't there anymore. Um, The experience that I had staying with my biological father in Arizona wasn't the most pleasant experience. And so at that point, I refused to tell my, um, my biological dad side of the family what was going on because I felt like if I would have told them, they would have made me go live with my biological dad. And I was, I wouldn't say terrified of him. I just wasn't, our relationship wasn't where it needed to be for me to feel comfortable enough to live with him. I started um, staying with friends. Luckily, I had a best friend whose mom was completely lenient on everything. Um, She had no problem with me coming to stay with her. I lived with them for a year and a half until my best friend got in trouble with her mom. And um, her mom sent her to live in Florida. So at that point, I was depending on relationships with men. And I was 16 at the time. Um, I was dating older guys. They were always the age 18 or 19, which people are always like, oh, you know, guys only want you for one thing at that point and blah, blah, blah. But I was at that point, I really felt they cared about me because they knew my situation and they were willing to take me in. Right. So I was living with boyfriends, and that's when I would say that's when I really was able to start taking control of my own life. Um, I started getting jobs, and, like, school wasn't really that big of a priority to me. It was I was more focused on working. I was left – well, I wasn't really left, but when my mom was arrested, her Saturn wasn't impounded, and I didn't have a driver's license, but I had a car. Mm-hmm. So to me, as long as I wasn't driving reckless, like I can get to where I needed to be. There was actually one point where I was with one of my friends and I was trying to show off because, of course, I had a car. Nobody else did. Mm-hmm. And I actually hit a curb and I popped a tire and we had to get into the trunk in order to get a spare tire. But when I popped the trunk, there was a shit ton of clothes in there. And someone actually cracked the joke. And they're like, what are you doing living out of your car? And I kind of just, like, laughed it off. Like, no. But, like, deep down inside, I was like, fuck, I'm going to get caught. And I was extremely embarrassed. Like, I didn't want my friends to know because growing up, 
before my mom was incarcerated, like, I always had money. Like, Desiree, like, everybody knew that Des had cash. Mm -hmm. Like, I grew up off of um, Adams Avenue in Normal Heights in San Diego, and there was always, like, a street fair, and, like, Mm -hmm. Desiree always had money for the street fair. Like, we would all hang out at the rec center after school. I always had money to get carne asada fries. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, you know, I always had cash. And when you're a preteen and, like, younger, $20 is a shit ton of money. Yeah. So my mom, she, before her and my stepdad got super serious and we moved in with him, um, she was a single parent and she worked really long hours. I was in a lot of after school programs. And so it was just like, here's $20, here's $20. Not questioning where the money's coming from or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're a kid. So, I mean, if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, I would have definitely been pocketing that $20 and not buying everybody taco shop. Right. (laughs) Um, Imagine all the money you would have saved. Oh, man. $20 a day, $365. <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> For like six years. Like, <laughs> I would have had a nice little stash. Yeah. Um, but I've been in predicaments to where I was lucky enough to have people who cared about me, who would let me live with them. I've been unlucky enough to have to sleep in laundromats, to have to sleep in cars, to like... I don't think I was ever to the point to where I had to steal food because I knew how to make like pocket change stretch to get a dollar menu or like Mm -hmm. get a big ass burrito and section it off for like three days or whatever. But I have definitely been put in some really crazy predicaments. And like I was telling Letty, because I know that we were talking about it briefly last night. um, My whole entire story isn't to make people feel sorry for me because that's the last thing I want. I don't want anybody anybody to feel sorry for me or to feel some type of way towards my parents because I honestly feel like I have a certain drive and a certain hustle that a mm-hmm. lot of people my age don't have because of the positions that I have been in. Right. Yeah. And I also have a humbleness to me to where I know when I do have that extra money, that doesn't mean go fucking splurge on something stupid that's not going to be able to help me out later out down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know where <laughs> else to go with it. <laughs> no, that's fine. It, it's crazy to hear the full story because over the years, like over the recent years, I've heard like bits and pieces of this. Yeah. But I knew you when you were in high school. Yeah. And I had no idea that any of that was happening. I was living with the boyfriend wow. you used to manage. Yeah. Like, and that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. like the to for you to have been like literally right there mm-hmm. in front of my face a lot of the time. And I never knew. Yeah. And it's scary to think that there's still a lot of people out there in living in the streets that you have no idea. Yeah. They're just trying to make it by day to day or try to get out of wherever they're at that let them there. And I think also like living in California um, doesn't help because rent prices are so high. There's a lot of things Mm -hmm. that are very costly that are in other states. Right. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people because I know this from I lived in the Bay Area for a couple of years, as you guys know. And from experience, I've seen businessmen sleeping in their van under a bridge, shaving with an electric shaver and then getting out full suit and all and going to work. And it's not that they're completely dead ass broke. They just can't afford shit. 
Yeah. yeah. Or they sleep at their business. Like there's right, a little right. storage room in the back. I know several people that have their own business in the Bay Area. And there's a little closet in the back with a fold out bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not easy, you know, but when you have goals, you have goals. And I, I mean, personally, I mean, I don't, it's not, I know you don't want to feel like anybody feels sorry for you or anything, but I do feel some type of way because you were a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like to sit here and think about it. Like I was like, I, my parents supplied all that for me, Yeah. you know, and for you not to be able to, you know, have somewhere to call a home like that, that makes me want to cry. Cause it's like, you're a child at that age. And and yes, it made you stronger. And yes, it made you, you know, more of a hustler in that sense. But there is no reason why a child needs to go through that. Yeah. Like at all. And and it hurts. It hurts to hear you say it. It hurts to know you. I mean, I didn't know you at the time. Yeah. Because um, if I did, you could have stayed at my house. <laughs> my parents took everybody in. Everybody. Yeah. Um, and and. Sometimes we just have to stop and like Letty said, pay a little more attention because the person that's right next to you, you don't know that what they're going through, no matter what age the group they're in, you know, because I mean, I went through being homeless for a little bit, but I was a, an adult yeah. and I had a job. Yeah. I knew how public transportation work. I knew how to get to work. I knew I was going to get a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? And and just the fact that, I mean, I, I don't know how I couldn't do it as a teenager. I thought I knew everything, but. I'm sure that if I was a teenager going through that, I I wouldn't have survived like you did. I definitely say that um, my parents did instill in me a sense of pride, which isn't the greatest thing, but it's a sense of pride as far as like you have to do it on your own. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing to an extent. Yeah. But it's not that great when you actually need help because you always have that message in the back of your head playing on replay like mm-hmm. hey no you can't ask them you can't ask them because they're gonna throw it back in your face um they're gonna make fun of you mm-hmm. they're gonna gossip about you they're gonna tell other people like it was always about someone else's imagery in their head of me <clears throat> and that's what kept me from telling so many people like i have family who's probably gonna hear this and and know it for the first time my mm-hmm. my aunt the one that i'm closest to felicia like she got like she feels some type of way because I've talked to her about it but she feels some type of way that like I didn't feel like I could go to her yeah and she's only a couple years older than me but like now I know that if I would have gone to my papa and he would have been like okay just move in with me like it's not that serious yeah Yeah. but I was so fearful because I I didn't really build those relationships until later on in life to understand that it's like it would have been uncomfortable, but it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have been a perfect peace, serenity. Now you have your own room and all that yeah. other stuff, mm-hmm. but I would have had a place to call home. I would have known that I was going to get three meals a day. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I would have been able to take a shower every single day, like things like that. Right. And I think, I think like people need to understand too that are in your life now and that love you and support you now that it's not nobody's fault. Yeah. You know, sometimes life throws shit at you that you just have to deal with and you have to go through. And I, I personally think that when life puts a situation in front of you, like it's for you to learn something from it. And sometimes if you would have got that help, you wouldn't have became the woman you are today. Exactly. You know? So I feel like, like sometimes you just have to remind those people around you that, you know, and yes, they would have helped you. And like you said, yes, they would have gave you a roof over your head, but then you, 
wouldn't have had the hustle you have today. Exactly. You know, you wouldn't have had the personality. You wouldn't have the the attitude, the the drive. And sometimes, you know, you have to thank those struggles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, a, it's nobody's fault. I have a question, though. What's um, up? Knowing all of that, that you had gone through with your parents, your brother, mm-hmm. and um, you're fearful of being a part of your biological father's side of the family at that point how did how do you think that's affected you now like as an adult I'm pretty sure that that's fallen into well I'm definitely like everybody thinks independent woman came from destiny's child like Mm -hmm. no like my whole entire thing is like I don't feel like I can put too much dependence on people Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day I feel like it comes back to me yeah so like because regardless if it's like, okay, I need to borrow $200 for something, I hate paying people back. Yeah. I, there's like, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in debt with somebody that you know. Being right. in debt with a bill collector is like one thing because you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. It may affect my credit. I'll fix it. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. There's like a sense of shame when it, when you have to borrow from somebody. Yeah, exactly. you know, because that, because then it puts you in that vulnerable, vulnerable position where they actually know that you need help. Exactly. And, and then when you can't pay them back because something else came up. Right. I've mm-hmm. been through that and that's just hard. Right. Because now like you feel like your dignity is out the door. Yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it's definitely instilled like a, a, a toxic kind of independence in me mm-hmm. to where I can see it, how it affects my intimate relationships, because I am a very I'll do it on my own type of person. Yeah. And I won't like if I want you to do if I need you to do something for me or like I want you to do something for me. That's where like toxic trait mm-hmm. manipulation came from, mm-hmm. because I don't know how to ask in a way that I won't feel embarrassed. It's more about me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel embarrassed. So instead I'm going to kind of tiptoe around it Mm -hmm. and see if you'll do it. And if you don't, then it's like, fuck it. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll just do it myself. I'd rather struggle through it and do it myself than have somebody tell me like, you wouldn't have this if it weren't for me Mm, or like them just trying to throw it back in my face somehow. Yeah. And that, that's definitely, yeah, that's a big trauma trigger. Yeah. Because it, you may not be able you may at the end of the day you probably won't hear that answer you probably to somebody who actually cares about you and is there for you and have supported you you would have never heard that answer yeah just like your papa had told you like or just how you feel now about your papa that all they all of them would have helped you yeah yeah like you start to realize as you get older too that like it may it's not the way that I think it is. If I would have just said something, it could have been something different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, things, but it, <laughs> it goes with like growing pains. Like at that time, I didn't know how to deal with that situation. And right. I had to go through that situation in order to know how to not get back in that position and how to deal with it. Right. Yeah. We all have to go through lessons in life that are going to teach us to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And even though they're still hard, right. like it still gives you kind of like a map. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know which roads are going to be dead ends and you know which ones are going to be rickety roads that may be a little rough, but you'll get through it or the smooth ones. Yeah. But it, it all you have to like go through these things in order for it to happen. And like Christians will say all the time, like God, like everybody has a cross to bear. You right. know what I mean? So you have to bear your cross. And I really feel like that situation was a cross that I've had to bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's pre- it prepared you for other things in life, too, though. Like, yeah. I feel like um, it's one of those things that, like, 
you feel like it's never gonna end and then when it does you're just like oh i did that you yeah know? and then you're mm-hmm. proud of yourself so it builds it builds that confidence within yourself yeah and that's very important to have because not a lot of people have that because a lot of people have have been spoon fed or a lot mm-hmm. of people have been you know taken care of since day one and 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 i and i have this conversation and you can hate me if you want but i have this conversation with certain people and and i never really like under like i thought it was always bad that i said it but then i heard gary v say it so i was like <laughs> see i was right but he he tells people like that have been spoon fed or or have their parents gave them everything like like no they, they he looks at people that have struggled and he says you guys have an advantage they yeah. don't Mm-hmm. And it's true, you know, like, you know, people that have struggled have an advantage because we know what the bottom looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And people that that haven't struggled or haven't gone through life situations like that, they don't know what the bottom looks like. So when they hit it, if they hit it, you know, they don't know what to do. Yeah. When mm-hmm. we had a head start, you know, and it's a positive way of looking at it. We had a head start and we're like. We know what that looks like. We can mm-hmm. get through it. We can yeah. do this, you know? Yeah. So I think that if we look at it in that perspective, then you got a head start. You got yeah. this. Yeah. It was just like, um, what did Sham say in the other episode? I don't remember. I can't even remember what he said. But <laughs> he dropped had, so many jewels. He did. <laughs> like he said, he said something. Like, oh, he, he had the luxury of oh, something yeah. bad happening to him so he can learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a luxury that to make mistakes. That was nuggets right there. So, yeah. yeah, like, that basically... you. It's, I, it, it's crazy to say that about something like that that you had gone through. Yeah. But it's like... Well, you're not going to say it while it's happening. Yeah, well, no. But, but once you <laughs> overcome yeah, it, definitely. then you're like, I get it now. Yeah. You know? Well, I definitely think that it gave me a certain tolerance and patience with people mm-hmm. that a lot of other people don't have. Um, like in job interviews, I'm always like, oh, like I could deal with anybody from any type of background. Like I could deal with the CEO. I could deal with the janitor. I could deal with the baker outside the door. Like I could deal with all of them because I, I have a tolerance. Mm-hmm. And that also comes from like my upbringing with my grandparents on my mm-hmm. mom's side of the family. They weren't very like accepting of me, but I still had to tolerate them. Yeah. yeah. I still, I still had love for them because they made my mom and my mom made me, even though they were just kind of like, Meh. kick rocks little kid but um it just it was it was in a sense a luxury to go through and even though people say like oh I feel like you didn't have a childhood because you had to grow up so quickly I feel like and I know you guys think it's annoying sometimes that's where my childlike qualities still pop out sometimes oh I believe it I don't think (laughs) it's annoying I I just don't understand it (laughs) I think it's cute it's adorable <laughs> Again, I don't understand it. <laughs> no, but that all makes sense. Like it, it makes sense for you to want to be childlike and be joyous in your adult life because you didn't have time to it. think about that stuff. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. You doing it as, as an adult, yeah. you know. I mean, there's something wrong. We do it twenty four seven as an adult. No. But you know what I'm saying. But if you say, have there's nothing wrong with that, she does that twenty four seven. No, I do she does it. <laughs> You guys are gonna stop portraying me like just I'm a kidding. fucking crazy I, ass crybaby. I did cry not baby. portray you. <laughs> you just said you. This is you said. No, it. I said sometimes. No. I do it sometimes. I I just I, I feel like no. I think I think it's good that you are like that because um when you can keep the kid in you alive, you just tend to be a happier person. Yeah, you know. 
and I mean, don't who cares what people say or think? No, I don't care. It, it it took me going to therapy and like being able to speak to someone else about it in order to understand that I do have traits and triggers and traumas that are going to affect me and through my entire life. Yeah. But it's really like all how you choose to deal with it. Right? Yeah. The only thing I can control is the way that I choose to deal with it. If something triggers me and I get upset and it affects somebody else, all I can do is apologize. But at the end of the day, the way how I recuperate and choose, because there's so many things that could have happened. Right. I was I was not hanging out with the best crowd in high school. Yeah. I could have easily been a prostitute like a lot of girls that I went to high school with. I can be a single teenage mom. Like yeah. I wasn't any of those things. And yeah. I'm proud that like I didn't fall into a stereotype based off of my circumstances. That's really powerful. And so, so like my entire like being, yeah, I know it's not, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. But all I know is how I can control what I go through in life. Mm -hmm. I was going to say something to that. Um, I forgot what though. My throat hurt too much. (laughs) Um, Oh no, the stereotype. I... I told myself from growing up, because I grew up in the hood, I grew up, everybody was pregnant, in prison, uh, waiting for their husband to come home from prison, Um, something, and I told myself day in, day out, I will not be a product of this environment. Yeah. I will not be, and I like purposely, and and, and that's why I say like when people ask me, oh, do you have kids? No, I purposely don't have kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they look at me funny, like, what? You know, because it's like I, I didn't want to be I, I, I did not want to be a, a stereotype like at all. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, it's it's a choice you make. And, yeah. and, and it says a lot about you when you make it really young. Yeah. You know, so kudos to you for that. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you're sharing this because <laughs> I know you don't want to look like a crybaby, but I've seen you cry before. But today it was a different kind of cry. Yeah, it was more like a, like, this is me kind of cry. Mm-hmm. And did and my face crunch up? Yeah. Oh God. But don't worry, you don't look like <laughs> you don't look like Kim Kardashian when you cry, so you're good. I didn't see his crunchy face. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I saw it. But but it was more like a a sincere, I'm opening my heart and real feelings to you kind of cry. Well, like reasons why I haven't, why a lot of people don't know this about me is because like I told you guys, my biggest thing is I hate sympathy. I don't do well with sympathy. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. And it's, it's so far in my past that nobody can throw it in my face and make fun of me. Cause I'm be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Kudos for you. I was homeless. Huh? You're funny. But <laughs> if someone even brings that up, you should not be around that person at all. <laughs> but my whole entire thing is like, I never, I've never tried to be a success story. Cause I feel like when you have traumatic stories, mm-hmm. people use those for everything. Yes. And we all watch reality TV, especially when it comes to like contests. Um, we've seen it on uh, Rhythm and Flow. Mm-hmm. We've seen it on America's Got Talent, on American Idol. Like we yeah. see it where people talk about like, oh, all these bad things happen to me. Pain shouldn't be and entertainment. Me, 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 me. But you know, on Rhythm and Flow, and now that you said that, there was that one comment where one of the judges was like, don't pay attention to the sob story. They all have one. 
Cardi B because yeah. she has her yeah. sob story too. And, it, and I was just like, she is so right. Everybody right. has a sob story. Everybody, and well, no, you gotta understand, like um, a lot of people that that are that do want to be rappers or do want to be in that kind of entertainment industry do come from the hood. Yeah. So we all have a sob story if you right. really and want. And if you're an artist, yeah. you're supposed to put that pain into your art and not constantly cry about it or try to mm-hmm. make it your backstory. Yeah. I don't want to be a person where people look at me and be like, oh, look how far she's come. I just want people to look at me like, oh, there goes Des again. Like, yeah. it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter where I came from. Like, point yeah. out my good qualities. Don't point out where yeah. I came from. I feel like a lot of people hold on to their pain and their traumas just for that reason. Yeah, it gets them more attention. It, yeah, it it's it has to do with the attention that they never got when those traumas were happening right so now they want to they they want to feel something anything Mm -hmm. and if it's going to be you consoling them Mm -hmm. they're going to take it and that's them wanting to validate their pain exactly or it's it's their it's their excuse not to move forward. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And That's I have said this it. to somebody, and I'm not going to say who, but I, um, <laughs> they were just like, you know, well, my our, you know, my mom, you know, and, and my dad did this when we were young, and they never gave us this. I'm like, dude, you're damn near 35 years old. No, she was past 35. You are in your mid-30s. Like, don't you think it's time to stop blaming your parents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you should stop blaming them when you got your first job in your first apartment at 20 years old. Exactly. From mm-hmm. there, honey, it's all you. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, it, I mean, I understand, like, there's certain triggers, there's certain, you know, reactions that we have based on what our parents put us through or didn't put us through or whatever. But you have to stop blaming them at some point in your right. life. Like, You dude. can't stop. You can't keep hanging on to it you have to let it go you have to take it for what it is you have to feel it you have to understand it and then you have to learn from it and you have yeah you like you're you're always going to have those pains it's going to come up at some point or another and depending on how you've dealt with it over the years will depend on how you how that situ that circumstance will end up Mm -hmm. so if you've been dealing with it really well your triggers are going to be easy for you to like control. Yeah. But if you haven't been dealing with it, if you haven't been doing the work and you're it's just spaz come, out every you're going to spaz out <laughs> over something that's not even relevant. Right. You're just going to let somebody have it one day and it could be over a French fry and nobody. <laughs> and, ever, and you're going to start popping off saying, well, like my dad and my mom and my blah, 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 blah. Like, be like, Dad, you're going to Burger King right now. I just asked you if you want to catch up with your fries. <laughs> yo. And people, that's why therapy is so important. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I just think that, like, if you did go through struggles, if you did go through bad, you know, parts of your life and, you know, and you overcame them, like, pat yourself in the back. Like, it's okay. Like, just be like, dude, I toughed this shit out. I'm a badass. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, and even if, you know, some people are going to want to use your story or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, you need to say good job, self. We went through that, and we are still kicking. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, you have to feel it. Yeah, you have to go through it. Yeah, you have to understand it. But then you have to also congratulate yourself when you do go past it. You know, because if you don't, then it just always feels like pain. Well, it doesn't I think feel now, like a victory. I think now my mind state is just kind of like it could always be worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what I go through now, it will never be compared to what I went through then. 
Right. And so I always bring myself back to that. Like, mm-hmm. if you were still able to go to school after sleeping in a car all night, no. like, come on, girl, we could we could get through this. Like, you might you you slept five hours last night, and you might be tired of shit because you're about to work an eighteen hour day, but you slept in a bed mm-hmm. and you With woke up. Mm-hmm. You woke up and you took a shower, it and it you wasn't a whole new you, perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you weren't using a fucking those nasty ass beach showers where people rinse off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've showered in that as like an actual shower yeah so it's like you i take things because i remember you said this when we were on the freeway one day we were driving mm-hmm. and i was like sometimes do you drive places that you've been to before but you try to imagine it as being something else so that when you see it you're kind of like surprised yeah and you're like wow that's like a weird state of constant gratitude and mm-hmm. i do find myself doing that a lot because it's just like i have nothing to not be thankful for right yeah. like I could be in jail. I could be prostitute. I could be a single mom. Like, there's so many things that I can be. Not saying that, you know, I'm sorry for y'all that are in those positions. Not saying it's a bad thing. Everybody has their circumstances. But I'm saying that's where I can be and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that I go through (laughs) from the age of 18 on, like, was not as bad as it was then yeah. and it's know. admirable like the fact that you can use it in that sense and always be grateful even for just the smallest moment is says a lot about your healing and what you've done to get yourself to this point yeah so do you have anything that you want to say to maybe youths that are maybe going through the same things or they're putting themselves at like any anything like that like to people out there who are struggling in that aspect I think one thing that even people who aren't struggling but may come on hard times at any point in their life, it doesn't have to be homelessness. It could just be a hardship that you're personally going through is everything seems difficult at the moment. Mm -hmm. But once that moment has passed, it's a lesson. Yeah. And you have to be able to learn from that lesson. And I'm not in the place where I am today because I didn't work for it. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard. There's been times where people didn't want to be around me because I was such a negative person. Right. And I understand that I had to go through that. And I had to understand that those people couldn't handle my negativity because it just it wasn't for them. And that's fine. Those are right. friendships that I never have that I don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. Or those are just people that I didn't need in that season. There right. You go. I needed healthier people who were able to nurse me back to health and right. not trying to say that it's good to put your traumas onto other people. But it is you do need people in order to heal you can't do it on your right. own and you're not always going to have money for therapy or situations to where you always have a group of people that you can count on sometimes mm-hmm. it's just going to be one person who lets you vent and they don't say anything back right but it it takes work and you have to want to be better you have to want to do better right yeah but at the end of the day you just just get yourself it's it's one step at a time you have to get through one painful situation at a time and get on to the next one and the next one and eventually they're just going to be baby steps and little stepping stones you're gonna be like oh shit i got over it look i'm fine now yeah yeah and i'm not saying that i'm perfectly fine i know that like (laughs) i know my past is constantly gonna haunt me there's things that are gonna come up about it and um like i said it's just all about how i choose to react to it right it doesn't it's only a trigger if you allow it to be a trigger Mm mm-hmm it like some things are gonna like you're gonna be like ooh that that kind of hurt or if not you're gonna be like ah. 
that really hurt my feelings. Like you, you have to choose how you're going to react to it. Right. And, and the less attention that you give that trigger, the quicker it's going to go away. That's actually some pretty good advice. That is pretty good advice. Yeah, don't just don't stay in the pain. It's yeah. not worth it. It's not going to help you. It's not. It's not good for nobody. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I ever saw you twiddling your fingers and playing with something in your hand. So I know it was a different kind well, of thing. Well, my biggest thing, thing is that like there, there are other people who are part of my story. Mm-hmm. And my job is not to tell their story. My job is to tell my story. So I was trying to figure out how I would tell my story and explain how I got there without being disrespectful and disrupting their privacy. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That was, that was the only thing that I was worried about, but I did it. <laughs> so I'm happy yeah. now. Well, I did go online to just kind of try to find anything. Um, (laughs) Did you find anything? Yeah. Um, I know in the area of San Diego, if you if you have access to the Internet, you can go to epath.org. They help. I wouldn't say they help place you, but they help with homeless services. So whether you're an individual, your family, your youth, if you're having um, if you're in a situation where you're down on your luck, then that's the place you can go to. Um, let me just pull up the number real quick. Cause it's not on the website. <laughs> How convenient. Well, before you guys give that information, I actually um, do want to talk about something that me and Letty kind of went over shortly last night. Um, it's the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm. the holiday season is the only time when homeless people get attention. Um, it's very easy to point at people and say they're homeless because they're crazy. They're homeless because they're alcoholics. They're homeless because they're drug addicts. Right. But during the holiday season, that's when everybody decides to go cook meals and hand them out. That's when everybody decides to go down to the shelters and help out. But people are homeless 12 months out of the year, not right. just in November and December. People yeah. are homeless all the time. So if you are able to donate or if you notice that your kid goes to school with another kid who wears the same three outfits over and over again, you don't have to call them out on it, but you can be like, hey, little Timmy, take this bag of clothes that you don't wear anymore and give it to little John John. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's very simple to do things all throughout the year to help people that you can physically see that they are down and out rather than waiting until the holiday season mm-hmm. when your heart is feeling giving and joyous. Right. I feel I and I feel so terrible every time it gets around the holiday season. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm like I love the holidays, mm-hmm. but I'm also very like uh because that's when you start seeing all the people wanting to do the charity work. Yeah. And it's always bothered me because it's cuz I've done um soup kitchens and stuff like that before, mm-hmm. but it's like you know how hard it is for them to get volunteers during the year. Yeah. When they're booked up through Christmas and the New hardest Year's, time like is that's during ridiculous. Summer. The hardest time is during summer because yeah. everybody's out enjoying themselves going on vacation mm-hmm. and you have these people who are sleeping in the streets. It's hot. They're dehydrated. Right. Women don't have feminine products. Mm-hmm. Men don't have deodorant and toothpaste. Like it's, it's small things that need to be done throughout the year to make sure that people on the streets are taken care of. Right. And unfortunately in San Diego, we do have a, especially on the West coast period, we do mm-hmm. have a 
higher spike. Um, I have a friend who works in social services on the East Coast, and they give one-way bus tickets to California. Yep. Because yeah. they know that the the climate here is a lot less harsh than it is there. We don't have the same weather. It's easier for people to be homeless, which is really right. fucked up to our streets because, I mean, like... It is. We, we're, we're already overcrowded as a city, and then when you think about it, our homeless population is so high, and then our... Um, what are they called? Why did it just slip my mind? Shelters. Sorry. The mm-hmm. shelters are overly crowded. Right. And then the shelters aren't even that great. Like, you have to wake up at 6 a.m. And you can't come back until 10 p.m. at night. Like, it's not, right. it's not like a really, it's not a home. It's a, it's a very, like, you get to lay here and close your eyes. But at the same time, you're dealing with the man in the bunk underneath you who's mm-hmm. choking mm-hmm. and has his sickness. And then you're dealing with the crying baby two bunks down. Like, they're not the, the easiest places to sleep. And I... That's one reason why I made a lot of decisions that I did when I was that age because I didn't want to have to sleep in those areas. Not only that, but being a teenager by yourself, you're in not in a situation like it, that. Yeah, that's I would have been thrown right into the system. Right. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have even like been like, okay, you're still doing what you need to do. I would have been. Yeah. And that would have probably been almost worse with the way that the system is yeah, with yeah, the kids definitely. these days. Like that's. It it wouldn't have been any better yeah some group home somewhere getting fucking lord knows what right yeah. um one last thing <laughs> because of the holidays and homeless if you choose to do something out of the kindness of your heart for someone who is not well off mm-hmm. keep that shit off of your social Dude, media oh, yes. put your camera down because no one wants a camera in their face when they are in the worst time of their life 100%. Oh my God, you don't understand how much that makes me mad. Too. 100%. That's like the worst thing you could ever do. Yeah. Like they just want a fucking meal. They're grateful that you're giving them a meal. You don't need to be the savior on your social media showing people what you are doing for people who are yeah. not happy with their lives. And that's, an, that's embarrassing for them. Like I recently found out that one of my friends from high school, his mom, is homeless mm-hmm. currently here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to her, happened to run into her downtown as she was leaving the welfare office yeah. to try to get some help. And when she saw me, she looked like she wanted to die. She was mortified. She yeah. was. And the first thing she said was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like she, like she was more concerned that she hadn't dyed her hair and that I saw her that way mm-hmm. than she was about anything else. She like she after a couple minutes, she like broke down and told me and she was just completely embarrassed. Yeah. So when I see people on social media pushing like doing all this stuff like for the gram, it's it's upsetting because I'm like, I just talked to my friend's mom who bawled her eyes out because she's so freaking embarrassed. And you're and there's people out there exploiting and that these people down in their lowest points. of Please stop calling it awareness. Just stop. It's not awareness. Awareness is you maybe taking a picture of all the lunches you made. You know, awareness oh, is... as far as like, yeah. you being like, oh, well, I have to do this in order to build awareness. Yeah, I'm building yeah. awareness of the homeless. Um, we can Google it. 
Thank and you. Like, no, it, everybody's aware of it. The, yeah. But the only reason why that stuff comes up is because people want the exposure for it. And it they want to be seen as good people. It's same thing as the Christians who go to Africa and then go to the villages like and the, take, like take missionary with the work. little That's, black kids. Like, oh, look at me. I fed a brown baby today and I taught him his ABCs. I'm, I'm a good person. Like, if you're a good person, you don't need to advertise it. Right. Dope, exactly. dope sells itself. There's no fucking commercial for dope. Like, right. <laughs> right. Like, Right. I mean, I think, you know, if if somebody else caught you in it, saw you down the street, they recorded you, that's a different story. But if you're setting up a whole camera, a whole crew, a whole like, okay, now picture, you know, take it from here, you mm-hmm. know, this angle. Like, come on, dude. Like, just get out your car, give them what you're going to give them and go home. I mean, and I, I see it from, unfortunately, a lot of my Christian friends, mm-hmm. a lot of people who call themselves people of the Lord, missionaries, all this other stuff. Like, that's good. But if you're doing the Lord's work, you don't need validation from people online. You need right. to advertise you can You can pray for that man on the corner and no one needs to know. No mm-hmm. one needs to see it. Right. Do your work. You could post about it later be like, hey, guess what I did today? But in the same sense, you don't need to brag. Just right. do Correct. it from the kindness of your heart. Or don't do it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't like it either. And I, you know, and when I was in, in the car scene, you know, a lot of a lot of car clubs would get together and, you know, and feed the homeless and and, you know, give out, you know, coats and sweaters mm-hmm. and shoes. And and it was cool. And it was, you know, it was cool. But, you know, it some certain people would make it like a damn near commercial and it was just not cool it's one thing made me feel like like, it's one thing to get the exposure to try to pull people in to help out more Mm -hmm. and it's a whole other thing to just be like hey look what i'm doing we're out here with the homeless like but that's what i'm saying though like take a picture of the box of clothes mm -hmm. you know you know advertise that you're collecting something Mm -hmm. advertise oh i'm gonna go drop it off in this area yeah, you but know, don't but advertise put, you dropping it off. Yeah, don't, <laughs> like, don't advertise the homeless person. Yeah. Right. Because you don't know how it's going to affect them. You don't know who's going to see that that they don't want to be seen by. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they some you know, some homeless um people I've noticed that they have, you know, oh, I'm just this is just what I'm going through. Yeah. You know, right. maybe right. not all. Time. But hopefully to, it's not permanent for yeah, anybody. Most of right. them is just like I'm going through a hard time. I'm going to figure it out. But if you put them on blast, it's just going to make it harder on them, you know, social, social, so, I can't say it. What? I can't say Psychologically. it. Psychologically. Psychologically. I was going to say, I don't even understand where you're going. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, though? It's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, like advertising to help is good. Advertising that you actually help somebody is not good. Yeah. Because people are going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the people you're helping don't want to be exposed like that. Not at all. I know I wouldn't. Because, I mean, I didn't let nobody know when I was homeless that I was Mm -hmm. homeless. So what makes me think what makes me think somebody else is homeless if I'm helping them out that they want me to tell the world? Right. Right. You know, like, that's not cool, guys. Mm -mm. Well, anything else to finish up? Wrap it up. I guess just the last thing. They're not all crazy. They're not all alcoholics. They're not all drug addicts. They're not all gamblers who lost their money. Like, it's everybody. What, what did I I gave you guys the, the, the statistic the other night. It's like 77% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So it's literally that one paycheck that you don't get can fuck up everything for you and have mm-hmm. you in the same position. Yep. So stop judging people on a road that you've never been on. Yeah. Right? 
I agree. Definitely. Um, I did find a 24-hour crisis hotline, and and it's uh, 1-866-752-2327. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty much just giving you a number. So if you know somebody, you think somebody is, you know, it's just share, share the information. Mm-hmm. I think that there is help out there. Um, we just don't know how to reach it. And sometimes we're just embarrassed to, to try to, you know, reach and, or ask for help. Um, I mean, I know that if anybody listening that knows me and I love you, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always willing to help with something. Um, one thing my dad always told us is never deny anybody a meal. So if I have food, Myra's out here handing out plates, you guys. For real. It might be a couple. I will noodles. warn you though, she can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, no, actually. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say can't. I said won't. There you go. Because I <laughs> she'll can buy, cook. She'll buy you a burger at McDonald's, but she yeah, won't cook. I'll buy you food. a cup of noodles. <laughs> Or a top ramen. But um, I can cook. Let's get this uh, straight. I just don't like to cook. So, um, yeah, I cook one meal, a good, good meal once a year. <laughs> this year's set, I made albondigas. I'm done. God. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that's all we have for this episode. Yeah. Um, thank you, Des, for sharing your heart and your no feelings problem. and your emotions and your struggles. Um if you guys have any questions for us, you know how to reach us um, yeah. on Instagram, rejects, at Reject Sorority. Mm-hmm. DM whoever you want to reach. Yeah. I mean, regardless, we could all reach, you could reach any of us there. Yeah, and if um, you have anything personal to say, you don't like, want to go through social media for whatever reason, we have our email, mm-hmm. um, rejectsorority at gmail.com. Yeah, yes. we're available. If we can't help you, we can find you the help. Yep. Yep. And just because it's the holiday season, keep that giving heart throughout the year. Exactly. Yes. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye.